The point in which you're most exposed is where Satan is going to hit you. He designs his darts specifically to match your area of weakness. Ephesians chapter 6. And this evening we'll read verse 10, 11, and 12, and verse number 16. 10, 11, 12, and 16. Now I'd like, if you would, to stand with me as we read the Word of God together. Chapter 6, verses 10, 11, 12, and 16. Let's begin. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Folks, you probably already know this, but uh, Christians live in a difficult world. We face many struggles in life, and some of them seem worse than others. We all go through them, big struggles and little struggles. Sometimes they're reoccurring fears. Sometimes they're worries over things. Sometimes there's angers and bitterness. Sometimes there's guilt, and sometimes there's tears. And as Christians, we're fairly well familiar with chapter 6 and the armor of God and the shield of faith. However, a lot of us don't understand the practicality of the shield. And we sort of have it in mind, well, just kind of grit your teeth and hang in there and somehow you'll, you'll get through it. And that's not the shield of faith at all. Uh, out on the battlefield, what kind of shield would that be? You really do need something that's going to stop the, the rocks and the slings and arrows and the fiery darts. And praise the Lord, we have that available for us. And so tonight we're going to take a look at God's amazing shield of faith. Now would you close your eyes and bow your heads. We'll have a word of prayer. Dear loving Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for your great love for us. You undertake for us every need we have and dear Lord, tonight we want to talk about the shield of faith. We want to keep in step with our theme in these last weeks on faith. And this is so important, the shield of faith. Help us, Lord, tonight to get a hold of this and to put it into practice. And, and it, it works. And Lord, we pray for joy as we use this wonderful piece of armor that you've provided. Now bless us as we study in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, truly, um, it is a joy to be able to use tools that work. I know something about tools. I've been a kind of a tool guy all my life. And I've bought dollar store tools only to have the metal in them go crinkly as you're trying to use them, be it pliers or a screwdriver or something. And it's kind of, ah, and you want to get rid of it. Spend a few more dollars, get something a little better made. Likewise, other tools around the home, in the kitchen and so on. You want knives that can, can cut and hold a, an edge and you don't want blunt, you know, pieces of, I don't know, like wood trying to cut through a tomato. You want things that work. And I think we can all appreciate things that work. 
How about automobiles that work when they're supposed to? Eh? Have you ever gone out to your car and put in the key and it just goes, rawr, rawr, something like that? Uh, Ivan, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> click, click. <laughs> and now some of this is of our own doing, I realize that. But uh, sometimes uh, we're just talking quality. On the battlefield, you would definitely need some quality equipment. I hope you would agree with that. And the Lord has quality equipment. The equipment mentioned here in chapter 6, and there's various pieces of armor here, they're all quality equipment. And the shield of faith is something that works, it works, it works. Beloved, it works. And I've used it for years, and for as long as God has me, on the earth, I will continue to use the shield of faith. The shield of faith is an amazing tool. And it's there at our disposal. Anyone can have it. If you know Christ as your Savior, it's there for you. Well, let's first define a shield. What is a shield? Well, originally, the uh, word shield literally meant a board or a flat piece of wood. And... I guess they probably had those since the earliest days of man on earth, I suppose. Now, what can a shield do? Well, the shield, of course, is designed to be a piece of personal armor in times of battle to defend yourself against the blow of a club or against rocks and spears and things like that. And I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't already know. Um, interesting though, from the root word of shield, we get the word shelter. That's interesting, isn't it? And of course, a shelter is a place that you want to go in and be protected from the elements or from the big bad wolf at the front door or something like that. Now, the Greek and Roman armies discovered that if they put their shields together, they could almost make a house. Now, we have a picture for you. Put that picture up, would you please? Take a look at this. So there's a... Roman army, or a sort of one. And uh, it looks like there are three rows of fellas there. Um, maybe four, I'm not sure. Each one has got this large body shield, and you see how they can put them together. The enemy would, would storm them with thousands upon thousands of arrows, sometimes flaming arrows, rocks, anything they could you know, throw at them. And on command, the soldiers would come together and they would know exactly where to put their shields because they practiced it a thousand times. And boom, in a moment's time, they could have something like that. And that would protect them. Now, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Okay, we're done with that. Thank you. That sounds pretty good. I would sure appreciate something like that. You know, if I was in that situation and a big, you know, quarry full of stones were coming out of the sky at me, I'd sure like to be able to get under. I was caught in a hailstorm once, and those things hurt. <laughs> Little chunks of ice coming down at you, those things hurt. My son Jonathan's, uh, when he was in Red Deer, his car um, got pelted with, with hail, and it left dents all on the hood. It, that's pretty strong stuff. In the tribulation, there's going to be big, massive chunks of hail come down on on people on the earth that's one of the judgments of god that'll be poured out now the word shield in the bible is first mentioned in genesis chapter 15 and it was god who mentioned it to abraham when god said to abraham i am thy shield 
and exceeding great reward. So that's the very first mention of shield in the Bible in Genesis chapter 15. And so that is very applicable. When God says, I am thy shield, and here in Ephesians chapter 6, we learn about the shield of faith. We can see how these things fit together. God is involved, right? When you get God standing between you and the oncoming attack, I'd say that was pretty good. That's pretty, pretty decent. Nothing's going to get through God. God has given us an amazing shield called the shield of faith. Now, our shield of faith, it's not made of wood. Our shield has nothing to do with, with wood or metal or plastic or Kevlar or any of that stuff. Our shield is made of faith. Faith in the promises of God. You're holding God's book in your hand tonight. You folks at home, I hope you're holding God's book. You put your faith in God's promises. And this is where the fun begins. This is where the fun begins. And so the Bible says, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I'm going to show you tonight exactly how it works and very practical examples of it. And then you can take it from there. Now, our shield of faith is amazing because a regular shield stops a, a physically seen object like an arrow or a rock or something. But the shield of faith stops invisible things. Invisible things. You've heard the expression, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Have you ever heard that before? Yes? No? Yes? Well, it's been around a while. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's not always true. Sometimes some of the worst abuse that people have ever experienced is verbal abuse. When they open their mouth and they just rip a piece of hide off you. And this is particularly true, I think, with children. When children are verbally abused, they can grow up really off balance. They can have a lot of uh, deep emotional, mental problems later in life if they're really abused um, verbally. And so we need to be very careful how we talk to the children. We should be very encouraging to the children. Not to the children only, but I think that everyone needs a little encouragement. The ministry of encouragement. That's like Barnabas. Well... Not only can our shield stop the fiery darts, because that's what we're told here, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Not only can our shield stop the darts, but it can quench them. It means extinguish them, put out the fire. The bottom line is stop the pain. That's the idea. Because often the devil will hit us with things and will cause us emotional pain. And that pain can be worry. That pain can be fear. That can, pain can be frustration, anger, bitterness, tears. We, we got to stop that. How can we stop that? The shield of faith can stop it and it can quench it. It can put out the pain. I like a shield like that. Don't you? I've been using the shield of faith for many years. I'll tell you in the ministry, not everyone loves you. 
Take my word on that. And the longer you spend in the ministry, you see, in the ministry, you're a target of the devil. The devil hates any gospel preaching, Bible believing uh, man or woman of God. Missionaries need our prayers. We think that we, uh, uh, we vote them in and we remember to pray for them once in a while and we give them money to help support them and they do just fine. I'll tell you, no, they really need our prayers. Daily, we need to pray for missionaries. If you have adopted a missionary, you've pledged before God that you're going to uphold them with your prayers. And you need to. You need to pray for the missionaries, that God would protect them emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, you need to pray for them that their funds would come in. Some of them are still trying to raise sufficient funds. Others get out to the mission field and then find that some churches drop them. And now they've got a big dip in their, their finance. What are they going to do? And so we need to pray for them that their funds would come in. We need to pray for them as they get to the uh, foreign mission field. They have to learn culture. They've got to deal with government paperwork. Sometimes they have to deal with hostilities of the people there. The people that are living there are lost and don't understand why some foreigner is coming in. They have to deal with language. They have to deal with food. Oh, the devil sends along enemies as well. And so in the ministry, you tend to be a target. But all Christians, really, that are living for the Lord are a target. If you're born again, you're saved, and you're not living for the Lord, then why does the devil want to persecute you? Why would the devil ever bother you? He's got you in his back pocket. But when you and I start to stand up straight and live our lives for the Lord, that's when we will face some of Satan's attack. Bear in mind that God will make sure that no attack is too strong for us. And in also, in the meanwhile, he's given us the armor. And with the armor, we can take the shield of faith and we can use that thing and not only stop the fiery darts, but actually quench them, extinguish them. No more pain. I like that. Now, what is a fiery dart? The Greeks and the Romans, first the Greeks, mainly the Greeks, mainly, they used these flaming, uh, they were, well, everyone used flaming arrows and they would dip the end of their arrow in tar and set it on fire and shoot it, try and light the enemy on fire. But the Greeks developed something that became known as Greek fire. And uh, in naval warfare, when they had two ships fighting, the Greeks would shoot these things at the wooden ships of the enemy. And the enemy was absolutely terrified because the Greek fire couldn't be put out. Usually with fire, they throw water on it, and that's it. Not the Greek fire. There was some kind of mixture in there of oils and naphtha, and I don't know what was in there. And that thing would hit, and the, the chemical inside, like taking a piece of bamboo, you know, the hollow bamboo sort of thing, putting an arrow or something on the end and feathers on the other end. They shoot this thing, it'd be full of this combustible material. And... I think like the, the U.S. Army used a bunch of napalm uh, in the Vietnamese War sort of thing. They dropped these bombs with napalm and um, they would hit and catch fire and like you couldn't put it out. So it was that idea, Greek fire. It was a, a weapon of warfare and they used it. In the, I think the Romans, because they conquered the Greeks, I think they took, took over from there. But that's the idea of the fiery darts. These things hit you and basically, they, the, the juice goes over you, ignites with the flame, 
you know, fiery dart. There's a fire there, poof, and up you go and you can't put it out. And that's exactly what it feels like when you're consumed with bitterness, consumed with envy, consumed with anger, consumed with fear. It feels like you're engulfed in this thing. That is the fiery dart. And the devil is trying to hit us with his fiery darts. What do you do? God has given us an amazing shield of faith. And if we will use this, we will be able to put out the fiery dart. You say, Pastor, what do we do if the dart's already hit? I understand, you know, you get the shield up if it's on its way. But what do you do if the dart's already hit? Well, that's the wonderful thing about God's provision. You know, that shield of faith will even put out darts that have already hit you. And you could be up in flames and you can still use the shield of faith and it will quench that fire. And I'm going to show you how to do that tonight. I'm so glad you're here tonight. Um, anyhow, what are some of Satan's fiery darts that he uses against us? What is he trying to, to, uh, to do here? Well, usually um, there are going to be things that involve our day-to-day life, our ups and downs, our wins, our losses and things. But he will use our weaknesses. We're all weak in at least one area. Some people break into tears faster than others. Uh, Some others might uh, put up their fists to fight quicker than others. We all have these areas of weakness. Often it'll go back to a poor self-image. Maybe we've been raised wrong and we were browbeaten or something as children. And our parents would shout at us and say, uh, you're good for nothing, you're never going to amount to nothing. And we grow up with that mentality. And so then we, we feel, oh boy, I am a nothing. And so the least little thing can, boom, set us off and cause some problems. Well, I want to suggest a few of them here for you. Uh, here are some of Satan's fiery darts. Oh, you think you're saved? Well, you just made a prayer. How do you know for sure you're saved? Because there's still sin in your life. A saved person wouldn't sin and therefore you're not saved. Sure, you made a prayer, but who cares? And that is a fiery dart with a lot of younger Christians. And they struggle with that, and it can burn them up. Um, Another thing, another fiery dart is, uh, uh, I've sinned, and uh, I've asked for forgiveness, but I'm plagued with guilt. I don't know if, if God loves me anymore. I just have guilt, guilt, guilt because of a sin or a reoccurring sin. There's a good fiery dart the devil uses on a lot of Christians. Another one is uh, I've done foolish things when I was a a young man or young woman in my youth, the sins of my youth. I've done things that I can't forget and they come back and they nag me and nag me and nag me and I want to go ahead for the Lord and it's like I have a, a handle on my back And I want to go ahead for the Lord, but the devil just reaches and grabs that handle and says, where do you think you're going, buddy? And pulls me back. And so I've got these nagging problems. Um, Another fiery dart. I'm afraid I will lose what I have. Some people that have a lot are plagued with that dart. They're terribly afraid that they're going to to lose it. Another fiery dart is I'm I'm troubled my loved one is not saved. My father, my mother, my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife. 
I'm afraid they're not saved. I'm afraid they're going to die and go to hell. And it, I, I can't get over it. And it just plagues me. Now, you need to be concerned with your loved ones. Like, don't get me wrong. But I mean, there comes a point where it can just eat you alive. And that's what I'm talking about. Uh, maybe here's another one. This is the last one I'll give you here. Someone uh, did something and hurt me and I can't stop feeling angry. And that's a very common one. Uh, we get hurt. Offenses do come. We get hurt. And just, you know, the anger and the bitterness. And then I, I seem to get a handle on it. I forget about them. And then someone mentions their name or I walk around the corner and there they are. And all these feelings come back. And I just ha struggle and I burn. That is a fiery dart. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Now, the ongoing effects of fiery darts, if you don't do it God's way, the ongoing effects of fiery darts will last your lifetime and they will eventually eat you up. Uh, you know, when you're bitter at someone, it's like a cancer inside you. And it'll do more damage to you than any of your enemies could. We all have some kind of enemy. Even if it's not a human enemy, we have Satan. He's an, our enemy. But bitterness and anger toward the enemy will eat you alive and kill you faster than your enemy can kill you. And so we've got to do something about this because Satan will shoot his fiery dart at your weakest point. He's no dummy. He's been doing what he's been doing for thousands and thousands of years. He's very smart. He's a good shot with those fiery darts. The point in which you're most exposed is where Satan is going to hit you. He designs his darts specifically to match your area of weakness. Most of us, I hope, do not have a weakness for robbing banks. Hmm? And yet some people do. Some people in this world, they cannot drive or walk past a bank without thinking, I wonder how much is in the vault. I wonder where the security cameras are. Ah, ah, ah. When's, when's the big payday? When's, when's the vault going to be the fullest? There are people like that. And they can't walk past a bank without that sort of thing. There are some people that can't walk past a, um, um, a bar, a saloon or something without thinking, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, just maybe one little drink, one little drink. There are some people like that. There are some people that can't walk past a, a, I don't know, a house of ill repute or something without thinking, oh, maybe just this once more. Like they have weak, I'm talking human weakness. And that's where the devil is going to target his fiery darts. So, for every fiery dart, God has a shield of faith. And it's a wonderful thing. Now, I have personally used the shield of faith for many years, and I have never known it to fail. I've been tempted, just like you. And now, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus was tempted in all points, like us, only without sin. I don't fully understand that. And I'm going to ask him about that when I get home to heaven. But I do know that he was tempted with anger, tempted with fear and things like that. I've been tempted in all these different points as well. I can't tell you, I can't stand here tonight and tell you that I've never sinned. I would never tell you a thing like that because it's not true. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But I can tell you this. Every time I've used the shield of faith, and I've used it a lot, 
never failed me. But essentially, the shield of faith is more designed for the fiery darts, the things that hit you and really burn inside you. That's what the shield of faith is for. And so I want to give you eight steps to make use of this shield of faith. If you have a piece of paper, you can write it down. I tell you what, you've been given a prayer sheet on the back. You can write down your notes. That's a convenient place. You folks at home should be able to grab a piece of paper and a pen and write these things down. And so point number one, very simple, take a piece of paper. I'd like to suggest to you a small piece. Now, I'm holding here in my hand a piece of eight and a half by 11, standard piece of paper. If you fold it in half and fold it in half again, you've got, I think, the perfect size for a shield of faith. Here's your shield of faith. It doesn't have to be big. You see, you can get four of them out of one page. You say, do I need four? You might. You might need eight. You never know. It just depends what you're going through. So point number one is you take a small piece of paper. Point number two, you write the title of the dart and put a number on it, like number one. The title uh, of the dart. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, illustrations up on the overhead here in just a minute to show you what we're talking about. And number three, you write an explanation of what the dart is all about. Just a couple of sentences, a short little paragraph, nothing long. Don't be wordy, wordy, wordy. Just short and to the point. A little explanation of what it's all about. Number four, point number four, is you need at least one verse of Scripture, one promise of God that deals with that situation. And so if your situation deals with lust, if your situation deals with greed, if your situation deals with anger, whatever your situation, you need a promise of the Word of God that deals with that situation. Now, you say, how do I find such a promise? Well, maybe you have some Bible books at home, a concordance to look up certain words. You could go online and look them up. Um, you don't have to call me in the middle of the night and say, Pastor, sorry to wake you up. That's all right. I had to answer the phone anyhow. Uh, uh, I'm looking for a Bible verse that deals with this. Can you help me? Huh? What? Yes, yeah, sure. I'll help you. You don't need to call me. You can find it. Just use the uh, search tools available online. You'll be able to find it. But you do need at least one verse of Scripture. Now, essentially, this is your shield of faith. We said it's kind of invisible, and, and it is. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You need to put your faith into God's promise. Usually, you can put down two, three, four, five, six Bible promises that deal with that one specific situation. You won't be limited. Usually, you won't be limited to only one. Remember, you're not the only person in the world to ever have gone through this particular problem whatever your weak area and the devil's hitting you with a fiery dart you're not the only one in the world to be hit in that area there's probably a million other people that are being hit in that very same area and so god knows and i believe in the word of god the bible god has put all the bible verses we need so you're going to need at least one 
And the word of God is where we get our faith. The more we get, um, the, the more we get the, 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 the Bible promises, the word of God, the more we'll get faith, the more we'll get strong. Now, number five, on the bottom of the page, you write, this is my shield of faith. Point number six, you write on it the date. Write the date because uh, you will forget. So you have to write the date on there. Write it on there. Number seven, you either put it in your wallet where you can grab it quick or you put it up on the wall of your prayer closet where you can see it. Um, I like to suggest that you put it where you're going to have your daily Bible time with the Lord, your Bible and prayer time. Um, Number eight is you review your shield of faith every day. You review it every day. Now, I'd like to give you a couple of examples of this. Two or three examples. Are we ready with that PowerPoint? Okay, put that up. Here we go. So, here's fiery dart number one. Okay, so you've got your little piece of paper. You've, uh, you write the title, I'm angry at someone. That's the title. Those few words tell you what it is you're struggling with. So follow this along with me. So you write the title and um, the dart number because there's probably going to be more than one dart the devil's going to use at you. And let's see. After that, uh, there it is. You give a, a very short explanation of why it is you're angry at that person. Now this is just an example. That's all it is. So for this example, a person stole something from me and denied they took it. But I know they did. And I can't get it back. Ah, that's all right. Praise the Lord, we have nursery. Amen. Ah, so what you've got here is your fiery dart. Number one, I'm angry at someone. You can even put the person's name in there. Actually, the more specific you can do it, the better. Maybe it was a, your sister who stole something out of your bedroom or something, whatever. But you're angry. Here's, here's the thing. I'm angry. A person stole something from me. They deny. Oh, I never did. I never did. They deny it. But I know they did. And I can't get it back. And I'm angry. So this is a fiery dart. This is a very common, classic fiery dart. When someone steals something from you or or hits you, or something like that, and you're angry. Okay? Now, next, you can start putting down Bible verses. Um, In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, that's where Joseph, remember he was sold by his brothers into slavery, and he ended up being the prime minister and saved his whole family and the nation Israel because of it. And so, right when he comes near, I guess, well, the last book of Genesis, the brothers come to, uh, to Joseph after their father's dead. And they're kind of thinking, well, Joseph is going to get back at us. And Joseph says, no, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And you have to see things from God's perspective. That person that stole something from you and never gave it back and denied it. Well, they meant it for evil, but God allowed it and meant it for good. There's going to be a blessing if you'll turn it into God's hands. If God himself were to come to you, if this was your situation, and God came to you and said, my child, I know 
that that person stole from you. I watched them do it. I listened to them lie through their teeth. You're absolutely right. They did what they did and they shouldn't have done it. But if you'll wait on me, I will turn this thing around and turn it into a blessing. That's the promise we have in Genesis 50, 20. Uh, in 2 Chronicles 25, verse 9, there we have um, basically the prophet of God telling the king after he had spent all this money to hire a foreign nation to come and help him with a battle. And God says, no, I don't want those people. And the king says, oh, what am I going to do? All the money I just spent. And the prophet told the king, don't worry about the money. God can make that up to you. He can give you that and a whole lot more. So don't worry about the thing you lost. Now you need verses like this. this is, these are specifically tailored for when someone steals something from you. Matthew 18 verse 32 to 33 tells about how much God has forgiven us. And now we need to turn and forgive the other. So there's the forgiveness aspect of it. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Most Christians know that. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. That's a good one. Romans chapter 8, 28. We know that. And we know that all things work together for good. You mean even when that person stole from me? All things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. That's a great verse. And uh, Romans... Um, 12.21 says, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So those verses are great. Uh, this is just one example that I made, and I tailored these Bible promises to this particular fiery dart. Some of these verses can be used in, in some other fiery darts as well. Okay, uh, maybe push the button. There we go. And so you write on the bottom, This is my shield of faith. And then push the button again for me there. And you put the date. And I just put tonight's date. Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. You take that and you pin it up on the wall of your prayer closet or you put it in your Bible or you fold it and put it in your pocket because you're going to have to pull it out and read it over. Maybe several times the first day. Maybe a few times the next day. Maybe just a couple times the day after. Maybe only once the day after that. But I promise you, if you will use God's shield of faith, those fiery darts will just, they'll, they'll, the pain's gone. It doesn't matter how enraged you are if you will do it God's way. Now you need to be walking with the Lord the best you can, but if you will do this, I promise you it will work. And whatever fiery dart, uh, put up the next one for me, please. And just click, click, click. Here's one I'm afraid to die. Something happened. I'm not as healthy as before. Doctors say it may get worse and I may die. Well, there's a fiery dart for you. The fear of dying. Well, Romans 12, 1 to 2, give your body to God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, we're dead uh, uh, already. Our life is hid with Christ. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, um, absent from the body and present with the Lord. That's a good thing, isn't it? So there's my shield of faith and you put the date. All right, and we got one more. Put that up. Fiery dart number three. I think my life is useless. Useless. I can't seem to do anything right. I'm useless. Everyone thinks I'm useless. Other Christians seem so much better and more productive than me. Well, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. 
talks about comparing ourselves with other people is not a smart thing to do. I'm just paraphrasing the verse. Don't be comparing your life with someone else's life because your life is unique, like a snowflake, like a fingerprint, like DNA. It's unique. Philippians 2.13, it says that God is the one who works in us to do his will. To will and to do of his good pleasure are the exact words. That's a good verse. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter... um, 1130. I don't know why I put that in there. Never mind that one. That's in the communion section. I don't know how that one got in there. So <laughs> scratch that out. Matthew 1042. Jesus talks about uh, even something as small as giving a cup of cold water in the name of a prophet will receive a reward. So don't think you have to leap high towers and run faster than speeding bullets and, you know, stronger than locomotives, you don't have to do that. You just get busy and serve the Lord in little ways and you'll be amazed if you move one little rock a day over the lifetime, you've moved a mountain. And a lot of Christians are going to have great rewards in heaven because of that. But you see, here's a good shield of faith when the devil says you're stupid, you're useless, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything. There's a good shield of faith right there. Now I Guarantee, I promise you, I've done this for years. And the devil has used all kinds of shenanigans and tricks. And, you know, the devil puts thoughts in your head. He's used them on me as well. And we're all the same, folks. And so I use the shield of faith. Um, Sometimes I'm a little slow. And it takes, you know, a day or two or a few days or something to wake up. Hey, why am I experiencing? Why am I putting up with the frogs? Like Pharaoh and the frogs. Remember that sermon Pastor Silver gave us. I want to get rid of this fiery dart. And so I'll pull out a little piece of paper. I'll write it all out. I got a bunch of these stuck on the wall of my prayer closet. And no, you cannot come to visit my prayer closet. Only the Lord and me go in there, okay? Well, you use this shield every time you feel a specific dart. And I can guarantee you, you will get the victory. It works. It works, beloved. You see how exciting this is? The world doesn't have anything like this. All the world can do is go for psychiatric therapy for the rest of their life. They go for drugs and try and dumb down and numb down the effects. But what we can do is go to God And we can get rid of the fears and the worries, the anxieties, the pains, the lusts, the greeds, the the fiery darts. That's what I'm talking tonight. I'm talking the ones that really burn. That's what I'm talking about tonight, okay? And so here's something I want you to keep in mind. Your faith and dependency is always upon God's promises. That is your shield of faith. Not a little piece of paper per se, but it's your dependency on God's promises. There's nothing wrong with writing out Bible verses on three by five cards and carrying them around with you and reviewing them and working on them. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to get stronger in your faith, get more of the word of God into your heart. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. All we're doing is taking God at his word. 
Your shield of faith is absolutely grounded upon the word of God. And very soon, you do this, and very soon each and every one of those fiery darts will cease to burn. You will get victory. You will laugh. It works. It works. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusteth in thee. But what you want to do is save the shield. Don't throw it away. That little piece of paper, save it. Don't throw it away. I got them from years back. I still got them. Say, why? <laughs> because the devil knows that when I've forgotten all about it, he's going to shoot it again at me. He's going to pick up the same dart, light it, and shoot it again at me. And so I got to keep that little shield of faith handy. So I don't have quite enough to make a, a book of them. I don't have that many. But I do have a good number of these things. Because the devil goes after me too, just like after you. So, God really wants us to experience his peace and his safety. And I don't know what you might be going through these days, but I can guarantee you the shield of faith will quench each and every one of those fiery darts if we will use it. Let's pray now together. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.